1: This week's episode is a chat with actor Brandon Kyle Goodman, who has been a part of such shows as Modern Love. I loved this. I can't believe I just did that. Did I just did I just love into love? I did. I did love this conversation with Brandon. Um, What a warm human. I just I felt that we got on very well and I really appreciated this chat and I hope that you enjoy listening to it just want to mention, because I am recording this on June 30th, the last day of our awesome Pride Month, that um, so there are so many ways for you to spend uh, your time and attention right now. And if you are looking for something to um, listen to or to read, my book, Save Yourself, I feel so gratified to still be hearing from so many folks that are reading it and i love it if you're supporting and buying it through indie bookstores so thank you and if you are reading it please keep tagging photos and inviting you to your book clubs which i've done which is so fucking amazing and reviewing it on the internet and thank you so much for your support and enjoy the show
0: Color coordinated. We are.
2: We're giving this like mustard kind of yellow vibe. That's I should have worn that real... pink watch to match. This one has like a red face.
0: Okay. All right. But, I had, but you I have you know how pink... pink and red yeah, also yeah, kind of look nice together. Like same family. Like I, I put those in the yeah. Um <laughs> anyway. I uh I always have guests introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself? Yeah.
2: Anything I need to say when I introduce myself? Just hi, I'm Brandon.
0: Well, I think it's kind of an exercise in how people would talk about themselves. Like, like, what would you say? Because I feel like I've been introduced so many times in my life. Yeah. And sometimes it's like like a big, giant, long bio. Sometimes yes. it's like with absolutely no context. And I think especially for anybody in the LGBTQ community, it's, um, I don't know. So that's yeah. that, that's it. There's nothing you need to say. It's the floor is yours the floor is to uh, <laughs> parade across however you would like.
2: Okay. Uh, well, my name is Brandon Kyle Goodman. I use all three names for whatever reason I think is fancy. And I, <laughs> at, 20, I'm at 20 years old, I wanted to be fancy, so I said <laughs> the full name. Um, I use he, him pronouns, uh, and I'm a writer, and I'm an actor, uh, and I am uh, involved in activism and advocacy work for for Black lives and racial justice and queer rights and and those intersections. Um, and I also consider myself, I guess, an educator as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me.
0: Well, that's interesting. I don't know if I have had... So, first of all, like... Well, I guess I'll ask this question. Prior to this current um, uptick in visibility for for Black Lives Matter. Because there was the, you know, 2015 massive, like yes, sort of crest in and well, the beginning of the of that particular movement and then like the crest. And then there was um there's been there have been these like ups and downs and then this current moment where it's clearly at the forefront. Yeah. Um, and would you have used the the Phrasing educator. I ask this because specifically the pitch email that I got about having you on as a guest yeah. was very like, um, you know. And I don't know if you wrote that or whatever. Probably no. not. But it was like it was a, it was a very like there was that thing of like in this moment, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't know if this is like a new extension of a role, you know, making yourself available through a publicist, sort of a thing for that, or if it's like I would always have called myself an educator.
2: Um, I've always, uh, I've been an educator and in education, uh, as a teaching artist for, since I was, for a while, uh, I wanted to be a teacher first when I was like, before I went to be an actor, I wanted to be a teacher, and then um, I taught in high schools as like teaching artist, so like drama, conflict management, through hip hop, uh, and all these other uh, courses for uh, that were either inside of the day, which were like college prep courses, or after school. Uh, and then I became an adjunct professor at NYU, uh, and so I taught. Oh, so uh, just
0: like a so just like an educator, casual, casual. <laughs> educator. <laughs>
2: Um, So that's always been inside of my uh, vocabulary, but just not how I've necessarily made my career. Um, Yeah. And so I think in the last few weeks, just trying to figure out, like, what is my lane inside of this fight and how can I amplify and support uh, and, you know, using the word activism and activist, but also wanting to acknowledge and create space for the people who are really on the ground and at the front lines um, of uh, adjusting policy and 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 creating laws, wanting to give space for that, um, but also acknowledging that there's kind of an emotional part of this as well, and there's the unpacking of the trauma inside of this as well, that is also important inside of activism, and so th- it's like this education activism kind of lane. Um, I'm still figuring it out, you know. It's uh, the 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 attention that I've been receiving is so new and it's it's like four weeks old. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm allowing myself to kind of grow and evolve and figure out what I want to be in this moment and how I want to show up in this moment uh, and how I want to refer to myself in this moment. So it's in flux.
0: Yeah, I, I, oh, there's like so many really interesting things to move off of even just that answer that one answer. Yeah. I'm like taking notes. Um, because I think the one thing that's interesting is that I'm seeing this time around um, from people who uh, like most of their career is not in on the ground activism is yeah. I remember I remember just a few years ago when if you were um, an artist or like if you were an athlete, the the idea that someone would call you an activist was a dig. Like, people would be <laughs> yes. like, like, but I'm not an activist. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's so funny to see people who are public personalities go the other way with it. And not that this is not an accusation towards you, yeah. but I just feel I feel like the tone has changed in like such a beautiful way where now people are like, no, no, I'm not an activist because other people are doing that work on it. Like, the, what a what a beautiful evolution.
2: Yeah, it's well, it's interesting because you don't want to take space from that, but I also think there has yeah. to be an acknowledgement that There is activism and there are different versions Mm -hmm. of this and different lanes in this. And it is important for people who are, you know, uh, kind of praised for their work or who are famous or whatever to kind of step into activism in a real way. Not just like, let me post a picture, but like to use their personality and their voice and their whatever to amplify and to be at the front lines and to get involved, but also you know, as we talk about even allyship, like learning from the people who are involved in it every second of every day where that is their full-time gig. Um, And so, you know, it's a tricky space because it is, you know, I think as a Black person, uh, I'm invested in my life and I'm invested in the lives of other Black people in a really significant full way and that is yeah that is activism <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like i can a lot of sense to me yeah <laughs> like it's not like i'm talking about like oceans which you know you can be active i'm like i am a black person and my life matters and fighting for my life matters and so that is activism inside of it as well and so it's just ooh, I yeah <laughs> i
0: uh, again i feel like i have so many well One thing they will just say as an aside is that yesterday I saw this viral tweet that was like, it made me, I had to grab my head just thinking about it. It was, um, it was.
2: was I can't wait to hear
0: about it. It was bio, it was, um, it was, uh, it was a tweet. um, It was by a white person. And Uh uh, it was, it said (laughs) what I'm, it was like, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like, it's so amazing to see in Pride Month, the LGBTQ community show up for black lives matter Ooh, when, when without complaining um or something like that when th- like for to see them i think it was like to see lgbtq folks show up for someone else's fight mm. <laughs> that was the that was the that was the um mm. <laughs> that was the sentiment, was how mm. beautiful it was that LGBTQ folks during Pride Month, no Ooh, less, would yes. show up for literally. It said the the wording was someone else's. Ooh. Fight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I, uh,
2: that is lovely. What I did was
0: I, I put my phone in the bathtub and I drown it. <laughs> I put my phone away from me and wow, I. You no, threw I, it as
2: far as you could. You I were like, threw submerge it.
0: it. it. <laughs> and Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was, it was a tough take for me to read, and I'm yeah. wondering, like, you know, we're still talking during June. I'm not sure exactly when this is going to come out, but yeah. like, are you seeing as a as like a you know person in the queer community? Are are you feeling like? How are you feeling about this <laughs> sort of a sentiment? Like, are you seeing this around you? I I feel like I am seeing this around me. Some like white white gays. Yeah. Um, with the white gays, like white gays, <laughs> giving it the, the real white gays. Yeah, G-A-Z-E. And I I'm, talk about it often, I, yes. <laughs> I'm just very curious about what your experience of that is like in this moment.
2: Um, I've been talking about this quite a bit because I, and I, I, I've i led with this, and it's it might be triggering for some, but I keep saying some of the most racist experiences that I have had have been inside of the queer community and specifically at the hands of white gay men. Uh, the most overt, harmful kind of racist behavior. So it is fascinating because I think what happens is that as queer people, we are an oppressed group, but then our white gays, uh, G-A-Y-S, oftentimes I think forget that their whiteness is still a privilege inside of it. And so as opposed to acknowledging that there's a privilege there and using that privilege to support the black and brown uh, and Asian and Latinx people in the community, especially black, uh, black and brown trans women, it's like no, no, no. We're the same. We're equal. Oh, we're, we're the fight is the same. The fight is equal. And it's like no, it, it's not. And what I keep trying to say is, it's not like no one is saying that your trauma isn't valid. No one is saying that your experiences of homophobia isn't valid. But what I am saying is, there there requires an awareness that. Somebody else in the community is also wrestling with homophobia and racism, or homophobia, racism, and transphobia. And so there's just a couple more things that they're wading through that if you have the emotional capacity, especially if you've moved to New York and L.A. and you're living pretty freely, um, there are a lot of people in the community who are not, uh, and to try and make their uh, their experience equal to yours is just as harmful as when straight people try to do that to to you. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Um Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I think what you're what you're describing is sort of what I would maybe think about as like trauma informed empathy. Yes. So, you know, like if you are somebody who has been marginalized, um cool. that is a great opportunity to think about how you can hold the door open for folks who might be more marginalized. Yes. And it's actually, you know, a really wonderful uh, lens, you know, like superpower to be able to have the empathy of, okay, I know what it's like to be, to like feel unsafe, Mm -hmm. you know, like like to use that as the strength there. And I, but I don't often see... Well, I just don't see why people talking about it that, that way.
2: So I think I think what you're touching on, which is so important, is that it, there's no point in that pain and that trauma if you can't turn it into empathy, right? Like, yeah. what is the purpose of going through all of that, like coming out and that pride and learning to love yourself, if you can't then develop the empathy to then use that space to help other people? Uh, and I think part of that is. A lot of times, and this is going to get super heady, um, our stories and our narrative and our identities are wrapped inside of the trauma and the suffering. And so mm-hmm. if you, you relieve yourself of that, then who are you? Do you know? And so right. I, I think like for some white people in the gay community, especially that person to write that tweet, it's like, oh, if I take away your oppression, if I take away your suffering or lighten it a little bit, who are you? Like, are are? Yeah. And who do you become now when you acknowledge that? Oh, it might be a little bit easier for me than it is for this other person, and and that's a, like a mind fuck.
0: <laughs> I might even have like a slightly more cynical view on it, which is Tell like, me. <laughs> you know, well, like at the end of the day, I really truly think that if you're a person that's, you know, I was I was raised in the U.S. If you're a person who's raised in the U.S., like, yeah. You know, I think that you, um, I think that the idea that one wouldn't want the most wealth, the most control, Mm -hmm. the most property that they are able to, that each individual person is able to attain in their lifetime. Like the idea that you would be raised here, that anyone would be raised here and say, you know, like the idea that somebody wouldn't capitalize on their privilege. Seems yes. Yes. um very difficult for me to even square within myself. You know, mm-hmm. like I live in Los Angeles, I have a nice apartment, you know. I'm I'm um I'm able to like weirdly, even though my job of being a stand-up comic like doesn't exist right now, I have been able to pivot into different opportunities to m- make money. And like for for another person who you know their job doesn't exist right now that's not happening for them so yes. have i been like turning down those opportunities have i been like saying like looking at the opportunity and going somebody else doesn't get this <laughs> yeah. and then turning it down <laughs> no. fucking no oh, you know yes. like you know yeah. and so i i just think there's i think that's also a huge part of it yes
2: yeah it's it's just It feels like sometimes this gets wrapped up in you're a bad person, and it's truly not about, like, whether you're a good person or a bad person. You know that. You know your behaviors, and you know if you're that. But it is acknowledging that you have privilege. I keep saying, I'm a Black, gay, queer man. Yes, I'm in an oppressed group. At the same time, I also have privilege. I'm a man. That gives me some sense of privilege. Uh, I identify as gay, and I'm cis. That gives me privilege. So
0: what about I, this? What about this?
2: <laughs> come on. Oh, come on.
0: It gives you, it gives you privilege. You got Yeah, you got this, got this you beautiful got, smile. You have a- you have a beautiful <laughs> smile. You know, you got, a, you got a fancy
2: smile. face. And <laughs> the, you got a fancy face with a fancy name. Like, yeah. there are privileges. Uh, and so to not acknowledge that uh, actually has you move in the world in more harmful ways because you're just unconsciously uh, reacting and responding from places of biasy, places of you being the most oppressed as opposed to saying, I do have privilege and and here's the places that I can use it. And in this other area, yeah, I'm gonna ask for that person to use their privilege to help me. Like it mm-hmm. we have to like, it it's always sounds so corny, but it's like we're in this together, but for so long, everyone is like in their blinders, and it's like it's just about me and what's in my space, which is a is a product of the conditioning of our society right it's always like oh, right. you you get yours you pull yourself up by your bootstraps you protect your right. family and that's it um so
0: yeah i mean and and i would say that you know from that perspective which is the a perspective i also totally agree with it's like then the answer is actually not turning down the job it's Taking the job and then using that to create an opportunity yes. for someone else. Yes. So th- yes. that's really you know what's being asked for, I, for yes. from where from what I'm from where I'm looking, it's you know using the opportunity, creating for someone else. Yeah. Giving the, giving the space or like or saying you have actually already been doing the creating. How can I be of service to that creation you've already been doing?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And you see it in these small ways, which are like, okay, cool. Like no one's asking you to give up your social media platform of 7 million followers. But I am saying, can you use that to amplify somebody else? Can you use that to talk about somebody who may not be getting opportunities? Can you use that to highlight yeah. a black business, uh, that you shop at, that you, that you're supporting? You know, that, that is no one's saying turn down the job but we are saying when you get the job what questions are you asking are you asking about okay well who are the producers on this project or like how can i make this set more diverse i want you know the the actors who did the i keep talking about it cuz it's such a big learning moment to me the i take responsibility video which is like beautiful thank you for taking responsibility but what are you going to do and so like to me it's like your apology is useless but you but if you say I'm making sure that in my contract, when I go back to this show, we are going to make sure that this set is inclusive and that there are Black people in powerful positions and queer people. Okay, now Mm -hmm. you're using, you didn't have to turn down that job. You're using your power and your privilege in that job to create uh, equity and equality. And that's, I think, important.
0: (laughs) Yes, it really is. I am giggling.
2: Do you want to talk about that video?
0: <laughs> I, I mean we haven't talked about it yet on the on the show. Do you want to talk about that video? It's I had to I had to cover I had to cover my face.
2: I watched um, it several times as close to my face as possible because I found it quite entertaining. It was
0: like <laughs> <laughs> I mean I had to cover my face just now thinking about it. It oh, wasn't God, currently God. <laughs> playing. It wasn't currently playing. Um yeah, I mean I I uh Well, I think, I think what, I mean, what, and I, and I don't want to talk about this for too long, but I just think that what, what that video highlighted, um, is like this moment, this, this, um, thing that I'm noticing where, uh, like, I think white people, white people seem to be very stressed out slash sad in this Uh moment. Mm -hmm. And it seems that you know again these are like broad strokes but from yes. what i am experiencing in the world it seems that white people are feeling very stressed out and sad and it also and it seems that black folks are feeling some amount of of energized and relief and oh my god i'm being vaguely listened to yes and so i just think that i think white people are sort of having this experience off on our own of Um, well, I've been calling it, I've been calling it white surprise, which is like, just like, there's like so much surprise going on that that seems to be really leading the charge. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) That's actually brilliant. Yes.
0: That's just, just, uh, it just the full like shock and tears and pain and like, and, you know the dragging oneself like on one's belly as like to approach your camera and your phone to be like, how why? Yes, you know, yes, it just seems yes that there's a lot of that going on, which um which makes sense. You know, like makes perfect sense. People didn't understand, you know, in that's there's a lot of surprise happening. Well, Maybe yeah, the surprise yeah. off camera. But that's just, yes. you know, but we're just
2: yeah. <laughs> we're we're learning. We're learning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think what you know, it is white surprise, and part of that is very frustrating as a black person to be like, okay, mm-hmm. but we have been talking about this for some time. So I don't know what the surprise is. But then also trying to, or at least for me, being, you know, like, oh, right, like we've all been conditioned, and at some point there was a choice that I made. like Because even as a Black person, I'm also absorbing the white supremacy. I'm also absorbing the representation. I'm also seeing how queer characters are represented and wondering if that's me, how Black characters are represented and wondering if that's me. So I'm also having that information. And then at some point, I think at age 20 or 21, getting curious about what I was... uh, taking in what I was absorbing and asking those questions. But for the most part, most of us don't ever get there. We kind of have these these values and these ideas that are instilled or indoctrinated in us as children, and we never question it. We get to adulthood and we never question, wait, why do I cross the street when I see a Black person? Why do I think, uh, why is my... For gays, my preference only, uh, and I put that in heavy quotes. Why am I my preference of attraction only white dudes? Uh, what what is that about? Go ahead.
0: I want to ask you a question about what you just said, please. You, earlier, just to loop back to something that you were talking about earlier, and I and I and you know you don't owe me like or, or anybody specific instances unless, you, unless yeah. you want to share anything. But you said early up top you were talking about um, you know I've I've experienced that.
2: Uh, racism. Uh, I can't
0: remember your phrasing. Yes, like the word, like I've experienced the most racism. The most racism. With- yeah, and um, and it's not hard for me to imagine what you might be talking about. Yeah. But did you want to give any sort of broad strokes, like example? Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, like you know, being asked if I wanted to be somebody's slave boy, and not in a BDSM way, but also even if it was you're talking to a black person, so that's triggering language. Uh, Being referred to as Tyrone, um, being, uh, you know, if you upset somebody, being called the N-word, having somebody that I'm dating being accused of jungle fever, um, like all these things that you're just like, you would never say this to anyone in... uh, we we know that this is unacceptable language and behavior in kind of a mainstream way, even if people do it in the privacy of their homes, which is another conversation. We know it's unacceptable, but for some reason inside of the queer community, it feels like, well, I'm also oppressed, so it's okay for me to say this to you because we're two oppressed people. And it's like, that's not how it works. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I also wonder if it, like, When I think about, first of all, I'm so sorry, you know, to like hear about, I don't know if I, if I, uh, um, I think it's like, I think that when I, when I think about that, I think about, uh, ironic racism. I think, so what I I think about this as like this, so from a comedy perspective, you know, ten years ago, when or maybe fifteen years ago, there was this there was this vibe um, amongst a lot of white comics mm-hmm. where if you say the thing, but you but you mean it, like but we're all, but we all know, yes, my intentions, yes, I can't really mean this. In fact, I'm saying this almost because I don't mean it, which covers that the intention is that it's actually, Mm. actually you're saying exactly what you just said. Yes. There's just this nice pretending going on. And when I think about like specifically like gay, cis male culture, Mm -hmm. uh, that's something I have seen there is like that we're we're, like going over. And by the way, I think it it exists in every like LGBTQ subculture. I just think it looks a little different um, in different places. (laughs) But I think, um, in this like you know whatever it is hell's kitchen
1: fire <laughs> island
0: <laughs> yes. vibe i feel West like Hollywood, it's that yes. yeah West, i feel like it's that thing of like well you know i can't like i'm like i'm big and extreme I on purpose can, that's yeah. the whole point like <laughs> yes. and i'm just in and the and, it, and this is falling under the category of that like i don't know if that's how you've experienced yes. that but that's certainly something i've seen and it's so fucking amazing that, like, that white people have convinced ourselves that that pretending to be ironic works. Well, like, yeah, that's it's, just an amazing, congratulations You're like, wow,
2: those delusions are real Yeah, grand. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> where it's like, literally, yeah. you're like, oh, well, I'm gay, so I can't be racist. So I'm going to go ahead and say the So N-word I'll just be here.
0: racist. <laughs> yeah. But people will think it's funny. You know, like, yeah. that's, and that's, that's the same thing. There's this big reckoning happening right now in stand-up where, like, Dudes are being called out for being sexual predators. And and it's like, wait, have you listened to anything this person has ever said? Because their whole act is like them being like, anyway, I'm a sexual predator. Good night. And then 20 (laughs) years later, people are like shocked.
2: Whoa! How
0: could we have deduced this? (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Which to me, again, is the conditioning, right? We haven't been conditioned (laughs) to critically think and to be like, wait, what are you saying? Wait, what? Wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) <laughs> Why are you saying that? Like, it's like, oh, it's funny. ha, <laughs> 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 bye bye. Like, so, no, no, yeah. no, get, we have to get curious about language and what people are saying and what they're sharing and how they're acting and whether or not that aligns with our values as people who are quote unquote good and people who are quote unquote liberal. Uh, and if it doesn't align, then you gotta speak up and say some shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also was thinking about. I wanted to circle back to you. Were talking about. Um, you were talking about like uh, how queer characters were portrayed on screen, and I'm mm-hmm. curious. I don't know how exactly how old you are, but I'm going to say I think you're a little younger than me. And um, I'll tell you, I'm 33. Yeah, I'm 38. Yes. I would've that's like right in the range. That's right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I that's what I was saying. You're like a little I was like, there. anyway. Yeah. But I mean this, you're the range is a little younger. Nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> nailed, um, it,
2: nailed it, nailed it.
0: <laughs> but like I'm wondering what you were even seeing. You know, if you're like mm. choosing this job, like what were you even seeing at the time? Um,
2: I mean, mostly nothing, uh, which, (laughs) like, if we're being honest, mostly nothing, Uh, I think. And I said this before, even though it's so white, but it's what you latch on to. Will and Grace was kind of the most, I, that was like a shift, like Mm -hmm. a pivotal touchstone moment in my queer life and coming to understand what that could be or is. Um, and I think I was in high school when that came out. Um, but mostly there was, there was nothing, and if it was, that person was um, the punchline or the joke or what still happens, especially when you're talking about queer characters of color. It still happens. You know, still, I've played a couple of them, turned down many of them, where you're, you're the accessory. You're the glam squad. You come in, you say something sassy, you say something funny, and then you're out. Uh, and there's no real investment inside of it. So I think that that was part of the motivation for me to get into this industry because I was like, I, I think I realized at some point, I don't know how my baby brain realized this, that representation was important and the fact that there wasn't. I mean, I remember, you know, getting accepted into NYU and trying to think about like, who I was like, you know, that's always a question as an actor, like, whose career do you want and who are you like? And coming to this realization at like 18, that my options were like Jamie Foxx, Denzel Washington, and maybe Will Smith. And it was like, well, I don't fit into any of those. So what, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Whereas I realized that my white counterparts, had a lot of options, you know, like had had plenty of, of variations and tones. I mean, there was Julia Stiles, there was Lindsay Lohan in her heyday, there was, you know, <laughs> Anne Hathaway, there was Meryl Streep, there was just so many things to pull from, and I didn't have that same canon. Uh, and so that was always like, oh, I, I have to be part of this, and especially as a queer person, and a queer person of color, it's like, well, who are we choosing from? RuPaul is fabulous. So we have RuPaul, you had Wanda Sykes, now we have Billy Porter in the zeitgeist, but still, it, it's not, there wasn't a lot of people to pull from and certainly not a lot of characters um, to pull from. So I latched on to, the closest thing I latched on to before Lafayette and True Blood was Steve Urkel uh, and uh, Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because there was something inside of their characters that had uh, a fluidity to them, and didn't mm-hmm. have to be like a macho, you know, mask, you know, black man. You know, they they were able <laughs> to like play inside of their humanity, uh, and so I I grabbed onto those two characters and, and specifically um, because I was like, oh yeah, I'm somewhere, or Carlton even, where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm something inside of that that feels Mm -hmm. funny and interesting and, and, and cool. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I will also say, I, I definitely relate to that in a, uh, white lesbians were popping up on TV. But they were not played by white lesbians. Um, Yes, right. (laughs) And so there was this whole other thing going on. Like, we could kind of exist um, in like a Rosie O'Donnell, like, or Alan, sort of like sexless space, or in a very um, hyper sexual, everybody's got long hair. All, all around. <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
2: <laughs> yes, the like surprise. Oh, she's femme, so she's a lesbian. Yeah. That's the surprise. You're like, no, yeah. like, yeah. oh my god, very, very <laughs> exciting stuff. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, and and I think it's for me. What that created was like even when I was um, having success in comedy, and then moving to LA, and then getting like opportunities to be and stuff I was like wait just follow really just follow up just as a follow-up question <laughs> really though. No? Like, and I don't know um what your experience is with that like it like m- moving in and seeing that there might be a little bit of a space for you and then and then the disappointment of like oh but that person is a glam squad person like you're talking yes. about like reckoning with all of that yeah I mean
2: it's uh you know I came out at like somewhere between 20 and 21. And so I was like, well, I'm going to be an out, you know, cause th- that was a conversation that a lot of us were having. We're like, we're, we're black. So that's already going to present its issues in terms of what jobs we're going to get. Do we also be out about our sexuality yeah. in addition to that? Cause that, cause right. people, you know, can't, you know, once you say you're gay uh, and maybe it's shifting a little bit, but then like well, you can only play gay. You can't play any of these other parts. And then there weren't really gay parts. But I made that choice to be out, and it definitely impacted what uh, I could do and what was coming across the table. Um, and most of the time, they were caricatures. Uh, most of the time, they've been, like, tropes, and they've been pretty offensive tropes as well, where you're like, oh, this got greenlit? Like, what do you, like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, And so it has been with me and my team and with my spirit and my, you know, Oprah, just watching a lot of Oprah, just kind of wrestling with like, what do you say yes to? Because you want to pay your bills. What's going to help push your career forward? But also like, no, I I, I can't be the face of this. I can't say this line and have some little kid see this and think that this is what queerness is. Um, or this is what being a Black queer person is, I, I can't be a part of perpetuating that, which might mean that this month I'm strapped for cash. Like, I'm strapped for, you know, being able to survive. And that constant, I think that sucks, you know, as a queer person and as POC and queer POC, like constantly having to debate, because you know how few the representation is, you're constantly riding that activism and that, career of, like, is this going to help the culture? <laughs> like, or, yeah. you know, like, is this going to pay my bills? And, like, it matters. It just, because there's just so few of it, it, it just matters. We don't get the same freedom as, you know, cis, hetero white people to just make a movie and it's trash or the character's trash and, right. you know, it's a flash in the pan and you keep moving. For us, it's like, oh, it sticks. And if it's bad and it's harmful, it sticks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also it's also that feeling of like, and then the harm is like done to one's own community. Yeah. Because I think also if you're the person that's like um, able to take any role and it's offensive, I think that person usually falls into a category where like there's not... I don't know, there's not like some great harm that Zach Efron can do to <laughs> straight <laughs> to, white dudes. Like and I just right. am pulling him out of nowhere. No, like yes. I'm not even thinking of a specific thing, but just yeah, like he's a not that's example. not that's not who's like no one's, you know. No. Um and so I mean I because I've I've certainly had these same one time I had just I was just in a position of power
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, enough that I got to That I got a script where my character called her ex-wife a bitch ten times Mm. (laughs) in a single episode of television.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And
0: I, um, like, at that particular point on that particular thing, asked if I could speak to the um, producers about the script before saying yes to it. And... Uh, it actually appeared zero times after that. Like I, I was. They were like, but I was literally like, I don't I mean this isn't how people
1: would Speak. talk to a random stranger. <laughs> like it's just not how yeah. it would
0: happen. Yes. I don't know who like was in the writers room for this, but like. I just think you know it wouldn't be this, and they were like, "But how many times would it be said?" I'd be like, it's probably you know zero. I would even say zero times. I would say that. <laughs> um, wild thought.
2: I probably just yeah. wouldn't say call a random yeah. a bitch a couple of times. Yeah, just one. Yeah,
0: um, you know. So anyway, um, I just I just say that because many other times, you know, there was no there was no person to call. Like there was no right. like you know that's right. just. And I have I've had. I've had several of those experiences where, like, okay, I can actually make the move in this moment. And then several other times I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, turn this down or whatever. But I think some of that is also the feeling of, like, protecting your entire community.
2: Yes, protecting your which community. Meant, yeah. Which is a lot right. of pressure that I think, you know, cis, hetero, white people don't feel when they choose a role, right? I think that any of us who are, uh, you know, in a... Um, an oppressed group or, or diverse are thinking about that always. Uh, and the more oppressed the group, the more you think about it because you're just, the representation matters. Uh, And so you have to make some challenging choices. And it is scary. Like I always think about, you know, now I'm at a point in my career where I, every, my whole team understands what I'm about what I'm not about and I don't feel fear of saying this doesn't work or whatever but thinking about 20 year old me getting a job for the first time and being on set and feeling like I'm not being lit correctly but not it's a co-star it's my first job with a massive uh you know producer attached I'm not going to be like hey the lighting just feels off right but then I watch it and the lighting I'm 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 the lighting is off like I have all these lines and you can't see me. <laughs> I'm just black. Uh, yeah. But there's no power to say, hey, I think that you're afraid of losing your job at base, right? Like there's there's just, it's Absolutely. Just so complicated um, when you stand up, when you can stand up, when you just have to say no, when you have to back down uh, and there's no support on that set for you. Uh, and it actually ends up putting more pressure on the actor, more pressure on the performer, um, which I don't think that they should have to have, right? That work should be done yeah. ahead of
0: time. That's right. I mean, that's that's such a good point. I mean, even on that specific issue of lighting, the, yeah. you know, another thing that is so often true is that the way that shows are written,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is so often the show's, you know... M- the percentages are wild that like so much more often the show is created and then written by a, by white by a white person and then other white people and so then the black characters are there's one for the for some reason this group of white friends has one black friend and that black person doesn't know any other black people <laughs> and that's that's a weird <laughs> that's a weird black it's person always you're just like yeah Wait, what? Wait, why are these <laughs> your friends? That's what i always... I'm At least like, always. You're like,
2: why are you who, hanging out yeah. with these people? <laughs>
0: but, you know, if if just thinking about, so how that actually affects the actor in that moment is that, like, if things are written that way and then cast that way and then there's four white people on set that particular day shooting a scene with the one Black friend, that, that Black person does not win the... Um, who gets lit? Well, <laughs> right. lottery. Like it goes to <laughs> yes. the four white people, of course. And, yeah. and so, like you know, when we think about um, how who's creating the thing uh, cascades down, it's just like I think there's there's so many ways that we don't necessarily even talk about. Like, for instance, that of course it's not just about people not knowing how to lit, how to light black people. How how people like yeah having such little experience with that because of who's been in power. It's also literally the way that we write groups of friends. Oh my goodness. Make it so that the black person doesn't doesn't ever get to win.
2: (laughs) Doesn't ever, well you're it's because, and this is what I keep saying, like if the writers, and you said this earlier about the writer's room, like who are the writers that wrote bitch ten times? Like who's in that room? It's because we're not in, we're not in the room for the writing. We're not in, we're not producers. So then the characters continue to be caricatures. They continue to be accessible and they continue to be flat and so you don't have to care about if you do their makeup well or if you light them well or how to do a black person's hair because we're not actually being at base at the root of it we're not actually being seen as uh human and as important we are being seen as a tool to service this white character story so how we're lit and how we look and You know, if the line is authentic, it's irrelevant. It's it's about servicing that white protagonist or those four white friends. Uh, And so, yeah, there's just no way for us to win because I, I think, and I keep asking this in the general movement, it's like, do you care? Like, that's the first question. Before you can go about protecting and amplifying and supporting Black lives, do you care? Do you care about Black people? Do you care about their experiences? Do you care about their equality and their equity? And I think that's a question you have to ask yourself in the quietness of your home, in the quietness of your mind, knowing no one's going to hear your answer. Ask the question. And if the answer is no, then what you're really doing, and that's why the characters remain flat, is that you're creating, uh, you're performing diversity, you're performing inclusion, and that's why the characters continue to be flat, and they continue to be caricatures, because you're not actually interested in Black people and their experiences, or queer people and their experiences. You're interested in looking like you care. You're interested in, in not looking like a racist and in capitalizing on, on the trend that is diversity. Um, and that needs to be... Whew,
0: Undone, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's I mean, painful. I think that's painful. Yeah, well, well, you said it's painful, and then you know, even just to start, you were talking about uh, trauma, and I guess I wanted to ask, um, you know, how does it feel to do interviews like this, or how does it feel to be talking about this right now? Like, is this? how are you doing? Like, is this, how, how is Mm.
2: this? It's, you know, it's, that's a, it's such a loaded question and a complicated question and an important question. Uh, And in this moment, I'm fine and I feel safe with you. And so like, I'm, I'm good, but there are moments where it's not. And there are moments, and I haven't had any interviews where I don't feel safe. and, And my team and I uh, talk extensively about. I'm not trying to convince racist people that racism exists, so don't put me at that interview. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm not trying to go on Fox News and have a conversation yeah. about racism. But I am, I am open to talking to people who are who are curious and and are trying to to do better. So that protects me a little bit as well. Um, but also, I just have to, you know. When I don't have it, then I have to shut it down. You know, like when when I don't have the emotional capacity to unpack and talk and whatever, then I then I won't do it. And then I, I, I have this day off or I have this break. And that is important. The the resting inside of these conversations because what I just spoke about in terms of, you know, do people care and that inside of Hollywood, to undo that is gonna take generations right it's going to take yeah. a long time so these conversations are, are I don't need to do them all in the next 3 weeks like this is going <laughs> to be something that we're talking yeah. about and and unpacking yeah. and mining through um for a very long time and so i am open to my emotions uh being in flux and being flexible with with how i feel and and giving myself whatever I need when I feel uh, when I feel that.
0: Well, that's that's awesome. I'm really glad you're. <laughs> you seem very in touch with yourself, which is super therapy. Therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> therapy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know what I think about when you're when you're talking about that is, um, just back to the do, do, you know, do you care? positioning. I think that individual people definitely um, can care, have the capacity to care, Mm -hmm. some some care. I also think that the overall framework of, you know, this city is that it's the stock market, but people are just investing in particular projects instead of like corn futures. I literally don't even know what (laughs) I don't even know, I don't even understand what what analogy I'm making. But um, that's also some of what is interesting about, like, the reckoning in a more corporate side of things that's happening right now that I think maybe maybe a listener to this show, like, these are, like, my listeners are people who are pretty open-hearted people. And so I would say like, I don't ever um, sort of expect specifically that like NBC Paramount, like, like I mean like the parent company that also owns dishwasher companies, you know, like (laughs) I just like, I don't ever assume that those companies care about anything but making money. Sure. Sure. And so, I think what is really cool about that level of realism is, like, that we get to, as consumers, because we live in this stupid capitalist society, that is, like, as consumers, we get to, because I'm just thinking about the listener here who's listening, and they're like, but I don't even live in Hollywood. And it's like, here's the cool thing. Like, when you, um, like, I just remember when people were losing their minds that girls trip did extremely well in theaters and <laughs> yes. and it's like and Brilliant. then it was like and then everybody it's so good and yeah. also it made so much money
2: <laughs> yes so
0: yes. you know the black
2: panther be were yes. shocked they're like yes exactly <laughs> yeah.
0: you know Moonlight is like winning yes. um, Oscars and it's beautifully lit it's because, beautifully it's, because lit. it's black people. <laughs> it's everybody's a black gorgeous. person. So they understand how to do oh light. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, and anyway, so this is just to say, you know, if you're somebody listening and you're not sure what to do, I would say that the, you know, posting the black square on Oof. Instagram <laughs> is like, Yes, is not something <laughs> I personally would recommend, but something that somebody something might do. Yes. But requesting that companies post the black square, or much ten thousand percent better than that, like that is something that you know you're at home. Like, watch all of Insecure. You know, yes. like yes, like you know, like watch um, what re- rent. Girls trip, wherever that is. Absolutely. As you're you're in your house, like it's, it's obviously people are talking about black owned businesses, but I also just for our purposes, like, how can people change Hollywood? It literally is what you consume. A thousand percent.
2: And, and, And I think, I keep saying, like, what are you binging and kind of looking at the top five shows that you're watching, and of those shows, how many Black characters are there, and if they do have Black characters, how many scenes, how many lines, and what's their story? And really start to get critical, because that's influencing you and so then it's like why aren't you watching Insecure Living Single which is one of my favorite shows on Hulu why haven't you put that on like what is what is preventing I think that black people and people of color and queer people right have had to be so well versed in whiteness and we've had to watch Friends and had to understand Seinfeld jokes or whatever these things are (laughs) that aren't like I'm not me and Jerry Seinfeld ain't got nothing in common but like I have to know (laughs) that he exists but white people don't have to know about Girlfriends or about right. Moesha or about any of these shows that were so critical. And I think you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why why are we not expanding what we watch? Why are we um, feeling like, well, that's a Black show or that's a Black movie? So I have nothing. Girls Trip did well because it's a good movie. It's an incredible movie and it's so funny. And it doesn't matter what race you are, you can see yourself in it. You can see the friendship and the love and the bond. And this idea that has been perpetuated for so long is that, well, if they're Black, then you can't understand. And it's like, that's not, that's a fallacy that you were taught and it's time to examine that and get critical about that and shift that
0: absolutely and as we all advocate for you know socialism and like healthcare for all Mm -hmm. but still but still binge watch shows (laughs) in our homes we can make you know change in a lot of different ways I mean it's it and I literally was trying to look up um just a second ago I was trying to figure out if Noah's Ark is bingeable anywhere. Not that I even know if that is like a, a good.
2: They're doing. A, if that I know they're doing a 15 year anniversary. I think on. I don't know if it's on Logo or Zoom, but they're doing a. But yeah, you should watch it. It's like the literally one of the only shows where uh, there's a a black gay protagonist at the center of it. Uh, yes, and that was a decade and a half ago. So interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Well, you know how it is. You do it once, get it out oh, of your system, never again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> yeah, we did that. What do you mean? We did it. Yeah. <laughs> it is.
2: You're like, okay, cool. Uh, got it. Which is also, I think the other thing is like, what, what is frustrating as a Black queer person is watching how much our society, both the queer community, but also the mainstream community, traffics in Black and Brown queerness. Loves to say yes, queen. Loves you know, uh, a, a drag race loves all this stuff that really comes out of the Black and brown queer community. But when it's time to say, here's a story following the fullness of a Black queer character, uh, we are like, oh, okay, pass, uh, pass. <laughs> you're like,
0: oh. Yeah, God. I know. I mean, I I gotta say, like, as much as, and I mean, first of all, I, I fully am a drag race fan. Yes. Have, have been to drag con, like (laughs) sweated so much when I interviewed Trixie Mattel. Like I just, (gasps) Uh, you know, you know, or like I was, I was on a show with Shangela and she didn't even, she didn't even, she didn't even, you know what? I've met, I've met, I've met Mary J. Blige and I've met Shangela. And those are the only two people who, as they walked past me, it was like, I was a ghost that they were walking through my body. (laughs) And I also thought, Absolutely correct. Yes, absolutely. Like, don't like, like, do not even like, I'm so sorry to be in your way, Mary Jane. I will like, move like, out of your way. Like, I just as I vaporize, and she's I'm like, you know, it's perfect. Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. But I will say that sometimes when I step back a minute and if I can give conscious thought to the popularity of Drag Race and Queer Eye, it sometimes hurts my heart a little bit. Mm. Because... It's the helpfulness and the sassiness, yes. but yes. de-sexed and mm-hmm. de-relationshipped and mm-hmm. de contextualized, you know, it's everybody's in someone else's home or everybody's um, you know, in in the workroom or whatever. And I and I it's like as much as I look at that and go, oh, you know, amazing, I also go, uh ah. Uh, Yeah, it's the the servicing.
2: It is tough because they're beautiful shows and they're fun and they're important. But it's like, but this is the only way in which you accept us is when we are performing and enamoring and funny and whatever. And it's like, that's beautiful. But there are also so many other pieces of us that deserve to be shared and consumed uh, and understood as well, other than just like turn out a look and help me get my life together, right? There's other yeah. things that we do. And so it is complicated because I think what those shows do well is that they, uh, you know, Queer Eye, I think, gives us this these five fabulous friends and we get to see them enjoy and love one another, which is so important. Yes. Uh, and, and RuPaul gives us, you know, these these incredible transformations, but, you know, these heart stories of, of how these people came to their art and, and how they do their art and and getting to watch them do their art. But there there is, you're right, there's no sex to it. There's no, like, love to it. There's no, like, you know, the messiness and the complications and the flaws of it Um that I think we deserve to see those stories as well.
0: Yeah, it's like those, everybody that's cast, or, or you know, I don't know, I don't, but the pe- the casts of those shows, it's like mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> give them li- you <laughs> yes. know lift them up and give and and show their joy. Yeah, um, and it's I really feel I'm so ready for a different thing to break through into the yes. mainstream. Yeah, and and we and we will get that, but yeah. it is frustrating to wait for it.
2: It's, it's, you know, because we've been waiting, we've been waiting, <laughs> we've been waiting, so yeah. yes, it is, it is frustrating, and I think we, I think we feel it coming, like, we're sitting, we're like, okay, so, something's coming, um, or some things, hopefully, are coming, not mm-hmm. just one, because the other thing, like, Pose is such a beautiful show, but it's like, it feels like you put out Pose, and you're like, all right, we did it. That's the show. And it's like, no, 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 there should be more shows. There should be more shows where the protagonist is a trans woman played by a trans woman. There should be 15 shows like that. It's, you know, if white people get to have 40,000 shows on the air at one time, you can't just, (laughs) like, you can't have one queer show and be like, oh, yeah, look, we did it. So...
0: I was watching something last night that had like a trailer for an, a new show, something something that had clearly been shot a while ago, but that just hadn't debuted yet. And it was, it really, it just gave me that like, it's just so fun to know that no matter how the things change, the white straight guy in the middle was <laughs> smiling will never go away (laughs) like I literally was watching every it's like it's some show where like every character that was popping up to the side was like eight different demographics like you know this (laughs) this this but then in the center it's just a smiling guy like Like a beautiful
2: white boy just smiling it's just like look at this whole crew
0: you know yeah I'm so lucky. Uh, look at me yeah. around this diversity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a true pleasure to talk with you. And oh, actually, same. I'm realizing yes. that I didn't even give you this heads up before we started. At the end of the show, I always ask guests to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing oh. they feel like made them who they are today. So, oh do you have God. a queero to shout out?
2: Jesus, I think I have too many. Um, but. I will pick my Uncle Ronnie, who passed away uh, a few years ago uh, and who never came out to me, but I learned that he was queer um, or was wrestling with that at some point. Uh, And he was... I didn't have a father uh, in my life, and so he he was my father figure. And I think now looking back at our relationship, I think he probably saw my queerness before I did and is why he was so protective of me, even though he might not have been able to live his full life. Um, I think he protected me and poured into me in a way that I could live my full life. So he is my queero.
0: Well, I I have a full goosebumps because... Um, you know what I love about that is like my grandmother passed away before I ever before I came out to her. Mm. And she had previously asked me how many bedrooms in the apartment that you share with your <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> I said one. Anyway, so like it's not but I but I missed I missed I, didn't, I you know, I wasn't sure how to ever bridge this conversation and I was too scared and I missed bridging that to her. And I think that what I love about what you talked about is like, I know other people who they might've lost a grandparent or a parent and they didn't come out to that person and then they spend the rest of their, but what I love about what you're talking about is this, you know, person not getting the chance to come out to you, but that you get to know him. Yeah. Like that is so beautiful. And I feel like so grateful um, to hear that story because Mm -hmm. Like that's really that. How wonderful for your uncle! Yeah, that like he is you. known by you. Like that's so beautiful. It, it's it's beautiful.
2: I have goosebumps. I'm grateful that I get to acknowledge him because I don't feel like I've ever been able to, um, acknowledge the impact that he he had. And so I'm grateful for the question to uh, to be able to, in this public way, honor him.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, you are a true delight. I have, As are you? <laughs> I have loved speaking with you, and thank, thank you so you. much for being on the show. Thank
2: you for and, having me.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could leave it there, but just before you sign off for real, thank you. Thanks for your time. and, yeah, I really love speaking with you. So I hope I get to meet you someday. And
2: yes, please. after all of this, I would love to hold you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you bet
2: yeah, <laughs> all right. thank you, guys.